Hello and welcome to the Makecast, the official podcast of Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, a series of lectures on video game history as part of Made's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable aspects of rare games and consoles. While life in the time of COVID has forced us to close our doors, the support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures and interviews like the one you'll hear in a few minutes. I'm Red. I'm Anthony. I'm Chun. And I'm Miles. Today, we're going to do something a little different and just relax, chat about games, get ready for the holidays, and our old favorites. It's the return of the Justice League. This time, it's a holiday special. In a world where podcast hosts don't have an interview to record on this week, we decide to take over and just run with it. Well, you cannot say that, and we can just be much more cooler than that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're way cooler than that. Come on. Sorry. Uh, yes, we are. Well, I mean, okay, maybe maybe you guys are. I don't know. Okay. I'm quite cool. Well, welcome you. to the holiday special. <laughs> it's, it's, but before we get into the holidays, we have a little bit of news. <laughs> uh, Bioshock 4 has been confirmed. Uh, we also have uh, what it's supposed to take place in like this Antarctic city. From what we're hearing, it's uh, whether it's leaks or, uh, you know, little hints and riddles left from other games, which I love and we see that in bioshock a lot uh yeah antarctica should be cool uh yes i mean it started underwater and then now it's going to the frozen water so also known as land in some circles there's rocks under there it's an island yeah i mean mean, frozen water ice is it's frozen rocks are frozen lava it's just it's just water rocks Mm mm-hmm uh, but that is really exciting. I never really got too deep into the Bioshock games. It was always a peripheral because I never had Xbox at the time. And then I was always going over to my friends and watching them play. But it was always... It looked really cool. The storyline seemed very interesting. Maybe it's something that I will get into soon. Especially if they have a, a bundle deal on Steam. I'll check my holiday schedule for that very soon. Speaking of bundle deals on Steam, Uncharted. Coming yeah. to PC, the whole thing. One, two, three, and four? One, two, three, four. Mm, what's the bundle deal? Is it just going to be 60 for all four? I don't know what the deal is, but I'm very excited about Uncharted because those are my favorite movies. Y- yes, they are. No, that like I, again, they are very, they're very fun interactive movie experiences. Uh, I think they do it. They do it right when you're playing that style of game. They're mm-hmm. the character development, the storyline, it's actual like treasure hunting and then there's actual mm-hmm. stuff. It, it, it's a little less campy than like the original Indiana Jones. It's a little bit more like life lifeline serious, but I love the treasure hunting. I just remember playing the first one on PlayStation 3 and being so blown away by just the sense of wonder when you actually discover like El Dorado and all that. It was... Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Dun, 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 for a, well, you don't dun, actually for, discover El Dorado. God, it's like, so good. yeah, yeah. It's not really a spoiler. It's about the search for El Dorado, and then like you don't know what it really is. Spoilers. You don't know what it really is. No, yeah, I I, I say movies not only because Naughty Dog is so good at making like cinematic experiences in games, but yeah, I I was never a a um. Uh, PlayStation guy like I never had one I never knew knew somebody who had one so my experience with Uncharted was just watching playthroughs of all of the games 
And so I would just sit down and watch like a seven hour video, eight hour video of like each game. And it was great. Oh, nice. Like it, they're just, it's a great story. I love it. It, it. It's a great story. And then for the linear storyline that it is, it also gives you moments of where you, moments of choice where it feels like you can choose where you're going when in actuality, you can just like choose a different path to get to the same finish line. But it, it allows you to make different choices, which was really, really fun. I still need to pick up number four. I haven't played number four yet. I played number three a little loosely, but number four is great. very exciting. Four, Have four you seen Lost Legacy? Mm, the Lost Legacy was the uh, like the PSP one, correct? Uh, that one's still on console. Uh, I think PS4. it was a DLC or a, oh, yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a DLC slash standalone game, kind of. Okay, kind of gray area. Mm. Well, it's definitely something to be checking out in the future. Um, Have you seen the? Uh, I think there's only one trailer at this point, but the the trailer for the Uncharted movie with Tom uh, Holland. Yeah, yeah, it does look really cool, and the storyline really lends itself to a, a film, it's, a cinematic. Yeah, it's experience. already a movie. They're just they're just making it live action, which is I really I'm hope that it's. I, I hope it's like it. It has to be two to two and a half hours. It doesn't need to be like three or four, but in order to get like the main beats of the story, there needs to be a little bit of a level of mm-hmm. like, all-inclusive. And it doesn't seem like it would be incredibly hard to achieve either. So, From what I've seen in the trailer, it looks like they just took like a bunch of story beats from each of the Uncharted games and just like mm-hmm. meshed them all into the film. So oh, like, so it's like it, they're not looking on doing like a series of them? Yeah, because like... You know, there's like one action sequence where, you know, he's falling from the plane and that was in Uncharted 3. That was in 3. Yeah. I think they also uh, did the train thing, which was in 2. 2. Yeah, the train went in 2. A lot of of Nathan Drake falling out of things. Yeah. Well, well, that's what he (laughs) does. He falls and then picks himself back up because he's a true adventurer. Just like Batman. Yes. Except cooler because he doesn't wear a mask. He's like, yeah, I'm Nathan Drake. I mean, sorry, you don't know who I am. I'm not that guy you're talking about. <laughs> I think Tom Holland, though, as Nathan Drake, I, I think he looks too young as a Nathan Drake. Well, I, I, I was going to talk about this with uh, Sully because Mark Wahlberg is way too young to play the Sully that's in the games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know this is a prequel, so it makes oh. sense that they're both aged Ooh. down. Uh. But I don't know. Sully, to me, is just such an iconic character of like, that voice and that appearance that to me Mark Wahlberg is is not the not not the not it. No. I, I, but I will happily go see it. I'm excited for it. Yes. When, do you know when the release date on that one is again? Is coming out February 18th. Okay. I'm excited to see what what becomes of it. I mean there I'm I'm hesitant, but also excited to see that there's more like TV shows and movies coming out based on really good game stories. Because when you compare like level of entertainment and storytelling, a lot of video games have much more detailed and more gripping stories than like half of TV shows and movies. I mean, Naughty Dog especially has always just really excelled at storytelling. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, talk about Crash Bandicoot and the Wrath of Cortex, man. 
I think telling a story is a thing for game, but telling a story while you are the character of the story is another thing. Yeah, it's it's a hard balance. It, it's interesting because I mean there was there was that one movie with uh, I think George Butler or whatever, not George Butler, Gerard Butler, Gerard. Yeah, I knew it was a J name, uh, but Gerard Butler, where it was like semi filmed in first person. I don't think like filming in first person, for me, it doesn't particularly lend itself to being accessible or anything because you're not the one in control of the controller. You're watching someone do something in first person, which it's a level of removement. Uh, removement. Yes. Removement. Removal. Uh, removal. That, yeah, that's the word. It's a level of removal that. It, there's a like that disconnect that you have with watching it on the screen as opposed to like you know where you're turning and you're walking in the game, you know where you're headed, but you're just following through. But you watch them as movies, so I think that you can speak to that better than me who's just on speculation. But uh, it's also Uncharted is uh, third person, so I think that Uncharted also helps a little person, bit more. So it feels, it feels built to already be a movie. Yeah. Like if it was a first person or even a like locked over the shoulder third person, Ooh, it would be a lot rougher. Would, uh, yes, yes, it would because you get that you get the the camera shake of like oh someone's in control. You know they're making movements that you're not in control of. Yeah, whereas no a lot of stuttering or quick shuffling movements, but mm -hmm. be very good. Um, so have you guys also seen the? Uh, the Matrix Awakens Unreal 5 demo trailer. I just saw it, yes. It's, we're getting to the, un, the this and like a week before we had the Unreal 5 uh, like visual demo where someone is just like pulling a, uh, like a more, like a morphable model in Unreal 5 that just looks extremely realistic until they pull their jaw about three feet in front of their face. Hmm. Uh, and then with this Matrix Awakens demo, you see uh, CGI Keanu looking um, darn near like the real thing. Uh, he's really... It, the level of detail in human facial expressions that Unreal 5 can do is really remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really exciting to see what comes out of the engine in the next couple of years for the new systems as well. This kind of stuff is already pretty amazing, like in, in Death Stranding. If you played a game already, you, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I have been seeing more and more use of Unreal on animation or movie production nowadays. And that's interesting. I do think that is... It's really interesting, but like, I think it helps lend it, uh, like getting into the movie sphere. Uh, the level of like money and detail that they need to do for that they want to do for movies, I think using Unreal Engine is going to be really nice. Uh, it's also going to help pump funds into it to improve it, getting into the movie sphere too, which in, in turn, I think will make the games better in the future. Mm -hmm. It's 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 really exciting to see what you'd be able to do. I'm also interested to see what uh, I want to like download it just to see what audio stuff is also available just built into it. 
you're sure your PC can run it. <laughs> I mean, I got it's like, I mean, I do. I should probably get an i9. Old faithful. <laughs> well, I I built it Old last reliable. year. I haven't. I have. I built it last year. I have a you just decent. Gotta give it a good slap, and they'll, they'll yeah, run. a good slap. A light fit kick. so many graphics. Yes, so many graphics. I mean, we'll see. Um, I can run Unity just fine. <laughs> well, I hope your screen doesn't turn blue or purple or green. Oh my god! I know. Don't send that bad juju my way. I don't need that in my life right now. I love my machine. I love my personal machine. I mean, have you seen what Unreal is being used for in terms of like virtual sets and virtual camera work? Uh, on not like on the on the Mandalorian, they had like it was like virtual projected sets. So it was like this big. It wasn't a green screen. It was like an actual like video game location that the actors were walking around like on a tiny little stage with like screens all around them and then the camera was mapped this is old news their movements the camera was always positioned properly so that the 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 background didn't look wonky i guess this is also so i guess this would also be tying into like combining vr stuff just for showcasing in the show because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, at that point, they would have to have like other cameras tracking their positioning in order to, to display the right, the right walls around. Yeah, that's incredibly fascinating. And maybe one day out there, you can yourself build a set that actors will walk on in a digital space, a digital world, 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 a world, world, world. We are digital house space, house space, house space. <laughs> Uh, but we don't need to talk about a hellscape right now because I think it's time. I think it's time that we all bring up our favorite holiday games. Uh, not not holiday games, holiday gift games, holiday themed uh, games, games about yes, the holidays, themes about the holidays, like Santa's Wrath or whatever. But we've brought up like the holidays are around the corner and giving gifts to people. Uh, what would be your guys' favorite games that you would gift to someone who's like interested in getting into games or just wanting to try something new for someone who has never played a game before i would probably try recommending animal crossing yeah i would agree to that i was about to mention that uh just because there's no stress involved in it uh there's no like quick reactions you need you don't need any of the traditional quote-unquote gamer skills you're just chewing yeah, it's all about it's all about relaxation. It's all about chilling, and you can and go and create your own is, world. It gives you an experience to try playing games with others without mm-hmm. making it a competitive thing, like yeah. battle royal or other stuff. And whatever you do in that game, that's only joy. It's only it's only happiness. It's only mm-hmm. relaxing. I think along that same vein, uh, Journey would be a great. Like it's old at this point, but it's still. A I would also game. agree to that. Yeah. yeah, I would also agree to that. I mean, it's the ease of entry into it and into the world is really, really, is really fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. The same thing with Animal Crossing too. Like, I mean, you guys already said it, like the low stress environment, but you there's still a level of deepness you can get into the game. Just like all the little tips and tricks, like, oh, you got to wait till like this time of day for this character to show up under these circumstances. There's specialty things that can teach you about oh special timed events and other games and other things like that but 
I, I think Animal Crossing is a good start. Honestly, I, I would also kind of say to a certain point, maybe even an Uncharted game. Like Uncharted can be a lot of like extra movement, but the linear nature of it and they're not super difficult controls. The story is really gripping enough to kind of lock somebody in and the controls aren't the most unintuitive to grasp. Whereas like some of these first person shooters or any of the fighting games, you're going, you're using all of the controller all of the time. And I feel uh-huh. like those can take a little bit of time to get into, but it's more of a, more of a personal thing. I remember as a child, the first, my first console gift was a PlayStation. No, it wasn't. I take that back. I remember now. My first console gift was a Game Boy Advance. And yep. it came with Pokemon Crystal. And uh, it had a dead game save battery inside. And uh, it bro- I know that it broke my It broke my soul. Every time you play the game, it's, it's, a, it's a speed run. Yep. And I was about six years old, seven years old. So it was very hard for me to actually try and... uh, I started with Totodile twice. Or no, it was three times. I got to... I got halfway through and I got to... I had like a level 32 Crocknaw on my first run. And then I turned it off. I saved the game, turned it off, turned it back on. And then I was like... It's all gone. but, But wait, but... But no, I, I put in so much effort. I have my fa- I have my I have my favorite eggy crocodile, my favorite blue eggy crocodile that is no longer with me anymore. So I I got disillusioned, and then I went to uh, Cyndaquil. Almost, and and I did get it. To, uh, was not able to get it to Typhlosion before uh, <laughs> I lost that save as well. So that was at, it. Was a bit painful, but it'll it's okay. I forgot it, but. As far as like handheld games, I do think that personally, I don't. I'm not really a fan of the of the 2ds. Uh, Ooh, shots fired! The, uh, well, it's I I I don't like the fact do that you, you can't. Uh, I I don't like the fact that it's a uh, block of cheese. Yeah, you, like it's it's not foldable and like you, there's no unless you buy like a secondary case, it's mm-hmm. has more likeliness to get scratched up. I like the folding nature of the DS and everything else, but I do think the DS is a good like starter console. Uh, I, I mean, Animal Crossing for that as well. I mean, any of the Mario games for the DS as well would be fantastic. But anyone ever play Cooking Mama? Yes. Yes. Which one? Cooking Mama. Oh, Cooking Mama. I, a little bit. Uh, I never. Uh, she got mad at me a lot, and I was. <laughs> yeah. I, I took offense to it. Uh, is I was like, but I'm trying my best. Uh, I wasn't able to. I, I burnt a lot of food in that game. I was trying to do to more multitasking than I was capable of. But Cooking Mama is a hilarious and fun game. Uh, what What are some of the favorite games that you've received as gifts? Do you like? I mean, for me personally. My what got me started on it was the first Kingdom Hearts game I received as a Christmas gift, and along with the PS2 and uh, Crash Bandicoot: The Wrath of Cortex, uh, that was a gift. Like the, it was a gift for me and my brother. And then we both got our each respective games. The one thing I remember most was that the Crash Bandicoot and the Wrath of Cortex, the underside of the disc was blue. 
Cool. And it was, whoa, dude. Yeah, I was like, oh, and then when Blu-rays came out, I was like, oh, don't worry. It's been out for a minute. I have a Blu-ray game. It's on PS2. <laughs> Look, it's blue. Duh, Blu-ray. Makes sense. Dude, it's blue. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And the, like, I, I never really understood that because I never really saw many other like CD-ROMs that had a blue backing. Is Was it just for aesthetic purposes? Is there some sort of coding that protects it? I, I'm unsure. Uh, like, it was a very fun game. I thought it was a good Crash Bandicoot game. Apparently not knowing any better from everybody else's comments about that game. <laughs> they were like, we don't count that one. I was like, I thought it was a fun Crash game. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Crash Bandicoot's yes. great. Cra well, they said they love Crash Bandicoot, but they like the anything that's not a numbered title they didn't enjoy, which like whatever crash elitists it's your loss for missing out on such a fun game and then kingdom hearts is the first i kind of wish three never came out because then it wouldn't have tainted my experiences one and two in like in retrospect i'm like those are such good games why did and then i guess i also just grew up in the time between two and three like became an adult and well i became a teenager and then i graduated middle school and high school and then you moved out of Destiny Islands. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I moved out of Destiny Islands and now I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess I'm not... I, I forget these games weren't meant for me 10 years in the future. They were meant mm -hmm. for me 10 years in the past. But it that's another story. We've already covered it. It's fine. I also think that... I mean, Chun's favorite game would also be a great gift. We all... I mean... You're talking about Final Fantasy XIV. Again, uh, oh, I have, oh, I, oh I that come, game! I don't think I've ever heard of that one before. You never heard of that at one, least not right? on this podcast. Yeah, no. you never heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, but I would, I would like to give it to someone for Christmas. <laughs> is it yeah. a? I mean, is it just an? Is it? It's a subscription, yes, or is it just like you a one-time purchase? <laughs> so fun thing about it: every time they, so they have a complete edition for all the expansion and it's about 59.9 without sales. They just finished 60% uh, off recently. So I don't think uh -huh. they're having a new one in a short period of time. But the fun thing is every single time they release a new expansion, the complete, the price of a complete edition is still the same. That's pretty good. Mm. Okay. So you could just buy the complete edition and then yeah. it just, per you will get so all of the updates in the future. Get into the game. The price you have to pay is always the same. It's always sixty bucks without sales. If it's sixty percent off, then it's sixty percent off. And after they they give you a free month's playtime for that bundle too. So you only have to start paying after this. Yeah, in the second month. Mm. Okay. And just the the ease of access. And you said you. For someone who doesn't usually shed tears, you said you shedded some tears at the end of this story because it's now the end of the 11, 10, 11 year long story that they've been working yeah. on. I feel like they they have been doing, I mean, they're doing a lot of character developments in the past and they just, it's all over the expansion for the for the latest expansion. You can feel it. It's, it's, it's really the end, the end of the story, the end of the era and they have a conclusion for every single character development. They all have the question and they all got answered. And that's always, it's that's very always emotion. satisfying when it's very mm -hmm. emotional at some point that you, 
you know, some cats are, are looking for something or they have been suffering for something for some reason and they finally have an answer for that or they finally get over it and yeah <laughs> they, they've concluded it regardless of what it may be concluded yeah. i try yeah, not I, to spell anything of it but yes any game that is able to wrap up and tie up loose ends of and like an ongoing the story most important is, part of it is it's not others it's not the main character but it's you in in the center of the whole story it's always you it's you who link all these characters together. You are the center of, of their whole connection. And they have been doing a really good job putting you yourself to the game. And that makes me really care about those characters where they, they disappear or they leave or we just anything happen. I mean, because you, you've also mentioned that they've, unlike a lot of other online games, Final Fantasy fourteen really takes player feedback to heart, right? Yeah. Like they make it essentially an essential part of the <laughs> basically. They take, they take player feedbacks and if they don't take it, they will tell you why. In in the, they have a it's called producer life. It's like usually a uh, 45 hours with the producer and the the dev teams of the people sitting there talking with the players watching live and they will address what problem or what what suggestion players have gave and they will answer you why they can do that, why they cannot do that, and what technical issues is there. And they're being very transparent on everything. Mm-hmm. That's that's very exciting. Mm. Considering like, to, and, the launch yeah. of Final Fantasy fourteen and like how you know it was like really rocky and now, I mean they they destroyed the whole game and then they're like, all right, yeah. we're starting over. It's not easy. They build this success from it's really year by years. It's not. It's not. It's not built in a few years, but ten years. And if you want to get in now, I think it's a very good time, just because. Just because the story is now finished f- to a point, and the next time it will be a beginning of a new story, and of course they give a hint of what it's gonna be in in the end, but. It's like a Game of Thrones, getting to Game of Thrones in the last season. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, it, for me, I'm just like, I'm currently in the plight of a, a One Piece fan just at waiting every week or every two weeks just to find out what like what little snippet of what's happening next in this now almost 1,100 chapter story. Well, but, since we're talking about TV, I need to um, do my bit of shilling for the week Okay, uh, to talk about The Expanse. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's six seasons. The The sixth season is about to come out. It's coming out in December, and then it will be done. It's based on a nine-book series. The ninth book just finished, so the entire the entire book story is complete. I think it's probably one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever seen. Uh, it's really? some of the best sci-fi just of all time, I think. Like better than Star Trek? Careful how you respond there, sir. I'm not going to commit to anything. On that, all right. Okay, but I'm, not, I'm not falling into your trap. <laughs> Thank you for holding your tongue. Appreciate it. <laughs> but I love it. Like it, I I absolutely love this this show. I love these books. Please give them a look. Like check it out. Uh, it's it's is fantastic. Set on the moon. It's set in the solar system. Okay, I believe I've seen a couple episodes, and it visually it's a gorgeous representation of space. 
I, I think they did a killer job with that from what I've seen so far. It's, but storyline wise, I, I can't delve into that because I haven't seen enough to make any connections, but it really is visually stunning and gorgeous to see that level of sci-fi. And then like, they really just capture the beauty of our solar system. And I, I love that. They started off on the sci-fi channel for the first three seasons, and then they were canceled and pick up, picked up by Amazon. So the first okay. season in uh. particular is a bit rough around the edges. It's production value is not amazing, um, but it's it's absolutely worth sticking with because it's it gets really good. Okay, that I was unaware of. I didn't. I thought it. I when I I thought it was relatively new. When I heard it had six seasons, I was like, wow, it's been on Amazon for a while. And I was like, oh, maybe not necessarily. But that's uh, that's also a good thing to recommend. Uh, but anyway, I'm done. That's it. Uh, Anthony, do you have anything that you want to shill? Or not necessarily shill, but shill. you know, anything that you want to recommend people to check out and play or watch? Something to hunker down to for the holidays. Uh, let's see. As far as like uh, the best gift, gaming gift that I've ever received, um, I can vividly recall Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh yeah. Oh man. I remember man, game. Uh, my uh, family was recording me opening the the box, and you know it's the GameCube with Super Smash Brothers Melee, and I was just like going nuts. I was like, yes, yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, so you got the you got the GameCube and Melee at this ah, uh, the combo box. You're like N, you're like N64 kid one console generation later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I had a Nintendo 64 previously, so that was just like you know an evolution, a step up there. Wow, just mind blowing. I also the GameCube. We don't. I don't think it's like talked about how awesome it was too. Especially, it was it was the first portable console. I mean, you had, had that handle flip up and everything. screen. It had a handle. Mm. It also had yeah. that screen attachment that you can flip up and play and bring with you. And it also had that GBA base attachment that you, so you can play GBA games on it. And yeah, I mm. used that. It was great. It made a lot of games really, really fun. And people don't talk about it enough. GameCube forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four I, s- no, sorry, that's a square. I was like, four sides, forever. And I was like, wait, no, 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 it's six. It's a cube. <laughs> 3D. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the startup sound now becoming a perpetual meme. And it's like, oh, yeah. Instead of just tracing the G, it's tracing out <laughs> Rick Astley. All sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Astley, the, the, the continent of Africa, many, many meme templates of, of in, ahead. But yeah, if I were to recommend. Or if I were to give someone a a gift uh, as their first game, I guess I would do like maybe one of the console minis. I mean, does that count as a game? I mean, it comes with many games, so but it's one peripheral. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that no, cheating? No, I do think that would. No, I don't think that's cheating. I, I think that's that's a good place to get people started into like great games, hit games that have already been like figured out and there's plenty of help for rather than getting into the new level of it's like oh wait if i want to play this game i have to join this discord that is just about all the time we have this week 
Thank you so much for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at We'd like to send out a big thank you to everyone who donated recently and to our Patreon supporters who keep the maid afloat. Uh, Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on major streaming services. It'll be continued that way uh, every week going forward. This week's episode was brought to you in part by Patreon donors Hunter Burke and Bayer Sama. Thanks so much for your support. Until next time, I'm Red. I'm Miles. I'm Ching. And I'm Anthony. Thanks. We'll see you next time. 